0: It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker.
1: Okay, we can see where this show's going already. Welcome to the Stock Car Show here on a Thursday night as we do it live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and Cisco Scaramuza gathered around to talk racing with you tonight. We've got um, our producer in training from uh, the area here in Morrisville, originally from Texas, Randy Miller, and he's behind the glass there punching the buttons for us. We've got a lot to cover tonight on the show, a lot of news, uh, a lot of, we've got a couple of rumors already for 2019 we'll look at, and uh, coverage of just about every regional and national division of uh, stock cars that um, we normally would cover here on the show. Just a whole bunch of of good stuff to talk about, and we're really going to get into a bit of a season in review in report card form here and talk about the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, the Truck Series, and the ARCA Series as well, and just uh, talk about what we think are the biggest surprises, maybe the biggest disappointments, um, biggest stories of the season, that kind of thing. So just an opportunity to really kind of do a deep dive tonight, more so than what we normally get to do Uh, when we have a lot of guests and so forth. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what we hope will be a fun and entertaining show. And uh, we'll get it started with the news of the week. And I'm going to start with what I think is probably the biggest, well, who cares, really, story of the week, Cisco, from the Cup Series, Joe Gibbs Racing, Basically all of their cars uh, got socked with L1 level penalties for uh, unapproved. We'll call it unapproved splitters. NASCAR didn't like the splitters that they were running. So all the car chiefs have a vacation here. This uh, this next race, of course, uh, no cup race this weekend because it's Father's Day. So they'll get uh, next weekend off as well. But um I mean, I don't know what this really is, if it's really anything, but uh, it's not. Everything's always something. Yeah, it's something. But uh, okay, okay Jacob, since you're back seated comfortably in the confines of the uh, on-air studio, now we'll we'll start with you. Then go to Cisco. Um, for you, I mean, is this really a big deal?
2: Well, it's a big deal in the sense that all well. All, three out of the four, out of four, JGR cars got busted for the same thing. Yeah. Now, the reason I say that is because this has already happened within one team earlier this year. I believe it was Bristol where both the three car in the Xfinity series and the, the three, three car, car the in three the car. Yeah, the three and the three. Pair both, of threes. The threes. The, the threes from yeah. RCR in Xfinity and Cup got busted for improper splitters at Like I said, I believe it was at Bristol pre-race. And this is the exact same penalty that those two teams got for that offense. Now, what I'm concerned about is, is this, like the wacky windows that we had earlier this year, going to become a more prominent thing? My hope is it won't be, but my concern is that these teams are finding something that Well, maybe an advantage, and if they are, it's NASCAR's, I don't even want to call it prerogative, NASCAR needs to stamp it out now.
1: Well, Cisco, I mean, this, I guess when I say is this anything, yes, it's something, obviously, from the standpoint of what the issue is, but really this penalty amounts to a doggone slap on the wrist, in my opinion, do you agree? I mean... Yes, but
3: you also have to understand that this was found during pre-race tech before the race, and NASCAR
2: made them change the splitters. So it didn't affect the race on Sunday at all. That's why there weren't points penalties, Cisco. Uh, Let's make that clear. Yeah, exactly. I
3: just... uh, Go ahead. I mean, NASCAR, this, this is a case where I'd say, Jacob, it's different than the Wacky Window because NASCAR caught this, made them fix it, and then everything was fine. So a slap on the wrist here... I think is more likely than a slap on the wrist for the wacky windows.
1: Well, I just feel, and I think what Jacob is saying is, are we, is this an area that we're seeing more of the teams try to exploit and they just haven't all gotten caught yet that's, versus, crew chiefs. that's you know, what they do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and see, I guess that this is my, my problem with this is that if, if this to me seems like a big thing, I mean, it's, it's a pretty obvious thing too. And, you know, if you're going to show up at the track with a splitter that you know doggone well is not legal. I mean, you know, if if this is what's happened here, then I think you got to have stiffer penalties than this. Because the idea should be that we want the cars to show up and pass tech. We don't want them to show up and fail tech, especially multiple times. So, you know, I think NASCAR sooner or later is going to, in my opinion, should get tougher on these penalties that they levy. For that Uh, but at any rate so unapproved splitters for the JGR cars that was probably the biggest cup news of the week and at least in my opinion uh, coming out of Michigan the other bit of news that I find to be worth a little bit of discussion here is the fact that BK racing's trustees are determined that they are going to sell the team so that uh, the team can continue racing. And when I say sell the team, they're not trying to liquidate the assets. In other words, this isn't going to be an auction. They're, they want to sell the team in as an entire team, a, a living, breathing team with the charter and everything that goes with the team so that whoever buys it has a team and can continue racing Cisco. Uh, this is sort of interesting to me. And I would think is a wiser decision, at least on their part, than trying to sell it pieces and parts meal. Hello,
3: GMS Racing? Here you go. Have a nice day. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, the, the, what they've been well, able to find in, in truck and Xfinity, it would not surprise me at all if the Gallaghers went after that.
1: That's interesting, Jacob. I mean, isn't BK Racing Toyota's? Yeah, I, I think we have a manufacturer but, issue mean, here,
3: you know, it's, you know, slap a new body on the car. All of
1: a sudden, oh, you have a Chevrolet. I don't know if it's quite that simple, but, um, you know, it would seem like an interesting opportunity for somebody because you'd probably get it at a fraction of obviously exactly. what it would take to 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 start well, it Tom, from what scratch this is,
3: this is a clearance sale on a cup team yeah you know I buy mean, now buy now you're yeah. never going to get
1: these prices anywhere else you better come in today we've stacked it deep we've, we're selling it cheap um yeah i would think that this would be a good opportunity for somebody because uh you you get a a, a race ready cup team with a charter to go with it so you know, I, I think if you have the opportunity, uh, and I just got a text from a listener that uh, that, that's, that suggests perhaps premium motorsports, and I'm kind of thinking, well, okay, maybe, but isn't premium motorsports, are they a Toyota team? They're not Toyota. They're in an anything Well, I team. guess, they, yeah, they're kind <laughs> they, of a... They run whatever works. Yeah, they're kind of a mutt. So, yeah, that could be, you know, so somebody needs to get a hold of this, and it, this is the classic definition of a sick horse that needs to be shot, in my opinion. Yeah, You know, just shoot the sick horse, somebody buy the team, get this whole thing over with so that th- the guys and girls who work there can look at some sort of a, a, a new start here. Because I feel like the equipment, which if I remember correctly, didn't they buy a number of... Uh, cars from Michael Waltrip Racing when they when when MWR went down, I think they bought a bunch of of it. Should be good equipment. It just hasn't been very well managed, and the resources that are around it haven't been, I don't think, utilized very well. But this would feel like a very good start to me for somebody who wanted to get into cup racing because, again, you get the charter, and I would imagine if just the charter alone would be worth whatever you're going to pay for the whole thing. So You would think, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, so, I mean, this is a good opportunity for somebody. So that's going on. And then the other piece of uh, news coming out of the Cup Series really has more to do with the upcoming race at Sonoma. But uh, Parker Kligerman back in the Cup Series in the Gaunt 96 for Sonoma. I like this not because I feel like the 96 is this... Amazing piece of equipment that can go to the front and win, but because it puts Parker Kligerman in a cup race. And I just like seeing Parker Kligerman racing anything. I think he's a guy who is a great young broadcaster who should still be out on the track driving a good piece of equipment he can chase wins with i love it i mean parker's a personality we don't have enough of those right
2: now and i love that the gaunt brothers are giving him another chance because he went he went to nbc sports basically because he didn't really have any opportunities on the racetrack now at the very least he's getting some opportunities outside of his tv duties to stay relevant and isn't that what it's about cisco staying relevant
3: Mm mm-hmm now you know, I, I I feel like if we could get the same thing for like a Regan Smith too, you know, I think yes, those two please. guys are in the same exact deal almost. But
1: but put them, put them both in equipment that can actually race for wins. That's really what we need to do there in my opinion. Uh it's gonna be interesting the next race at Sonoma. We're actually gonna step aside here. When we come back, we'll get to some news. We got Canon East news, we got Xfinity, we got trucks, we got uh updates on the modified tour from Thompson, which is going on as this show airs live and uh, ARCA to talk about as well, both reviewing last week's race and previewing what's coming up this weekend for them at Madison in the middle of a big schedule. Plus we've got some rumors to talk about later in the show and all kinds of good stuff. We'll be back with more of the stock car show presented by HMS motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety right here on Spreaker
0: Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians
7: and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Louis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're
1: listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport. You're on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Of course, this show and the Motorsports Madness show that we do on Monday nights here on Spreaker and PMN, both available via... I guess you could say on demand uh, at just about any of the podcast places you would normally go to for such things. So just uh, pick one and search for Race Chaser Radio. We're just about all of them now, I think. iHeart, iTunes, Google Play. uh, uh, What are we? uh, um, Wow, i Stitcher is what I was trying to get out there, and uh, we're also on most of the other ones tune in still waiting on Spotify so that's been a bit of a stick yeah we're for on the here. road to Spotify but we're on the road on the to road Spotify to... just waiting for the confirmation there but uh, basically most of the top uh podcast i guess you could call them apps you can find this on just go to race chaser radio so if you missed a show and you want to see it again or, or hear it again i should say um you can find us on any of those sources and also of course uh, spreaker has it on demand as well if you download the spreaker app you can uh, find us through Ace chaser radio there and soundcloud is another uh, great place to go to um to catch us as well so with that being said back to the show and back to the news i'm going to switch gears here for a minute i want to talk about K&M Pro Series East, Jacob, because k and Pro... I can talk about k and Pro Series East all day. <clears throat> well, we're, we're not going to talk about it all day, but uh, we're going to talk about it for a few minutes. They are actually... <laughs> they're actually running uh, this weekend on the road course in, in Jersey. In, in, in Jersey. the Jersey, Jersey. Jersey Motorsports Park. And news off the wire today This just announced... In fact, it's this afternoon because this morning when I happened to look at the entry list, this car was listed as a TBA. We now know who the TBA driver is. The Van Dyke Five is going to be driven by Dale Quarterly. And for those Dale of you Dale going... returns to the K and
2: M Pro Series East Quarterly.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much how it works. Yeah, for those of you who don't know who Dale Quarterly is. Uh, Well, we understand because you're probably too young to remember him as a regular in that series back when it used to be called the Bush North North Series series. before it was K&M Pro Series East. And uh, Quarterly is a veteran of that series, one of the more successful racers in that series of all time. He is going to be returning to competition behind the wheel of the five car for this weekend's JustDrive.com 125 at uh, joy on the road course. I love this. I love seeing a guy like Quarterly, just like it was fun when Herschel McGriff came out of retirement. I don't think Dale is quite nine no, years oh, old. No, but,
2: uh, Dale would throw something at you. But <laughs> he,
1: he's only 57. <laughs> but, but I do love it when you see one of these guys come out and decide to get back in the race car again. And run a race, so I think it's neat that Quarterly's getting, I don't know how good the equipment is, but I'm sure he'll have a good time.
2: As I said, Dale returns to the K&M Pro Series East Quarterly quarterly.
1: Well, yeah. Um, I
2: mean, but but in this case, it's actually a little more than quarterly because he's not run a race since 2015, as a matter of fact. A veteran of 159. This will be career start number 160. There's a milestone. In the K&N East going all the way back to 94 when it was in fact the Bush North Series. He has six career wins most recently in 2004 Tom and the reason why he's running at New Jersey is important is the fact that he has two career wins in K&N East competition at Lime Rock Park which races very similarly to the 2.25 mile course at New Jersey Motorsports Park that they're going to be racing this weekend, which, by the way, has one of the coolest names for a racetrack that I know of in this country, Thunderbolt Raceway.
1: Yeah, which which I love. And it's an interesting course because it kind of, whereas Watkins Glen for the East cars is almost like a super speedway road course because very fast, New Jersey is a little bit more compact in the sense that it it's just a slower course more tight corners and such first time that the series is raced on a road course this year lots of new people in the series but one coming back to run this race who won it last year his, his name is will rogers
2: or if you ask ryan vargas
1: will, will rogers, rogers. <laughs> um, who was a guest with us on a recent show here a week or two ago and uh will is going to be driving for jefferson Pitts with the uh, seven car and he's going to have sponsorship from dry dean for not only this race but Watkins Glen and then also the sonoma race out west and not just Dryden either. I think uh, Kelly Benefit Strategies, yes. if I remember correctly. Yep. yep. Um, and so that's going to be fun for him, uh, Cisco. And Will is definitely a threat to win in this car again and certainly presents an interesting challenge for especially a lot of the newer guys in the E-Series who may not have the road course experience yet.
3: Yeah, and, the, and New Jersey's kind of an interesting track because it reminds me a little bit of tracks we see across the pond uh, in England, because this track is built on what used to be a uh, Army Corps uh, fighter pilot training facility. Oh, I didn't know So that. it's got a lot of that—it's uh, got a lot of those flat turns kind of— That explains, if you imagine yeah. Kind of a Donington or a Silverstone or something towards the beginning, and then the twist towards the end of it kind of remind me a little bit of Brands Hatch, And a little bit of Willow Springs, if you kind of think about it like that. Mm -hmm. So that's my track analysis.
1: That's very, uh, very well done there, Cisco. And, of course, we have another slight ringer, Jacob, in this event. Ernie Francis Jr., the four-time Trans Am champ. Oh, he's a ringer. Making his (laughs) debut with Rev Racing in the 42 car for this weekend. Now, I don't think Ernie's had an awful lot of time in the car, per se. Almost none. Um. So I feel like maybe we won't see the full effect of what Ernie can do on a road course with a K and m Pro Series East car until we get to the next race. But um, you what can't count him rate? out. Oh, wait. Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen. Right. Yeah. So uh, I had to stop and think about that. It's y- been a long week. Everybody bear <laughs> with me. I feel like Ernie this time may have a small bit of a learning curve, but you don't want to count him out, but this is going to be an interesting race because there's a number of these drivers, Jacob, um, that, that have, have either had time testing their Ryan Vargas comes to mind, Mm -hmm. or, you know, have had time, um, in a simulator working with a road course coach or veteran. So, I'm not sure that some of these newbies are going to be as far off as you might assume they would be going into this race. When did I assume that they were going to be that far You as collective.
2: Okay. Now, I, I, I have two nuggets. Can I give my two nuggets? Sure. Okay. My first nugget is on Dale Quarterly and the fact that he's driving the Van Dyke 5. Now, to be clear, uh, going way back, all the way back virtually to the beginning Dale has had sponsorship from Van Dyke ba- um, Baylor since the earliest race that I can see is 1996 That's at Watkins Glen. Wow. However, this will be only the fourth time in his 160-race career in the K&M Pro Series East that Dale Quarterly will be driving a car number other then than the 32. 32 that he made famous and has scored all six of his career victories in. Now, the second nugget I have is Ernie Francis Jr. and why I'm not as worried as people may believe. Yes, it's a stock car. Yes, it's a little bit different than what he's been used to. But Ernie is no stranger to success at New Jersey Motorsports Park. He won a Trans Am race there last year. Yes, he did. So anybody that thinks he's not going to be up to speed in a relative hurry yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about that. By the way, speaking of Dale Quarterly, his last two wins in the K&M Pro Series East in 04, uh, oddly enough, or uh, sorry, those are poles. His last two poles actually came on, uh, on ovals. His last win came on an oval two at uh, Dover, I believe. Okay. So,
1: yeah, I mean, he's not just a road course guy, but he's predominantly a road course guy. Well, you know, interesting, Cisco, because, again, you've got a field with drivers like Tyler Ankrum and Tyler Dippel with relatively little road course experience, but a whole lot of talent up at the top. You got Anthony Alfredo, who's probably the other guy you talk about because he races for MDM, has a win, but again, no experience whatsoever on a road course. This is a race. It's kind of up for grabs a little bit. I I I think think
3: the only thing here to note is that I'm kind of almost happy we're not at VIR because I think that means half the field will at least manage to stay on the racetrack. At least I hope. Are you talking about?
1: Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're thankful we're at New Jersey and not VIR. I personally like VIR. I I love VIR, but... After after what was it the 2016
3: race there Jacob where about half the field fell well, off the racetrack on the last I lap I was
1: there for that <laughs> so was I they're, they're very th- that bunch of drivers was extremely over aggressive in my opinion I don't think this group of drivers has that same for the most part anyway has that same approach I think you're gonna see uh, this be a very intriguing race this race by the way will be on TV. On Monday, June the 18th on NBC Sports, uh, according to what I read earlier. So uh, race is Saturday at 6 o'clock at New Jersey Motorsports Park, but will be rebroadcast, tape delayed. It's not live, tape delayed on Monday on NBC Sports Network. Wow. That'll,
3: that's a that'll be Dave Burns and, uh, 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 oh, I just had his name. Jeff Burton's old crew chief that I can't remember for
1: whatever reason okay well while you 're thinking about booth, uh, while you 're thinking about that we 're going to step aside and when we come back't we 're going to continue with news from other series, and then uh, we 're going to start talking about uh the the series themselves and do some report Frank card Stoddard. kind of stuff. Thank Frankie you. Stoddard, there you go. Uh we'll we'll see who's in the booth for that, but it should be uh, nonetheless an interesting race to watch this coming Monday. With that we step aside. We will return with much more of the stock car show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of Motorsport Safety. Oh, by the way, you can go find them on the web at HMS Motorsport. Back with more of the show on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network right after this. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at HMSMotorsport.com, Or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game.
4: (laughs)
6: Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. We are talking about news and topical stuff and drivers driving different cars and running different series, and we switch to the Xfinity series. Now, Again, the Cup Series off for the weekend. They get to uh, celebrate Father's Day with their dads where applicable or their families. But if you're an Xfinity or a Truck Series racer, uh, you got to work this weekend. Well, <laughs> I mean, let's all be <laughs> honest. There's
2: a lot of Xfinity and Truck Racers who are young enough that
1: most of their dads are with them anyway. Well, so. yeah, but they also do have families. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Xfinity and Trucks at Ow with... Um, the Arc, no, the Arca Series is actually at uh, Madison. Madison. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Xfinity and Truck Series, the Iowa 2 Series that are running there. And Riley Herbst making his N- N- NASCAR Xfinity Series debut. This is intriguing to me because, Jacob, I know you and I talked earlier. You say you don't know if he's ready or not. Um, I don't know if he's ready or not either, but I'm kind of intrigued by the choice of... If you're going to put him in an Xfinity car at this point in his development, I'm intrigued by the choice of Iowa just because it's a track that seems fairly driver-friendly with a lot of different grooves to run. And I actually think he might just be surprisingly good here. Well, he's familiar with Iowa. He's got experience
2: from the ARCA Racing Series. And the racing line in in, in an Xfinity car is not too terribly different I mean I can only speak to what I've done with the track on iRacing but at least by by all accounts from the guys who have done both it's not that much different so I'm I'm a little puzzled honestly why after the runs that he had in his three dash for cash races earlier this year they wouldn't have gone with Noah Gregson to do double duty this weekend, but perhaps maybe just trying to get an assessment of where Riley's at and if yes. they can utilize him in the program going forward, Cisco, would perhaps be my, my reasoning behind that.
3: Yeah, I could see that, and I mean, I I don't think KBM necessarily needs to worry about getting the Dash for Cash considering who they've got backing him, so I think they're okay. I, I think Iowa is kind of becoming... Very similar to Martinsville in terms of drivers trying out because coming to mind is also Ty Majeski made his first xfinity start there did, as well yes. last uh-huh. year he did, so that's yeah. kind of it's becoming like you said it's a driver friendly track it's not quite Martinsville to where it's kind of like the track it, it, it's like basic training for drivers is basically Martinsville.
1: Well, to me, in some ways, Iowa is easier because it's a little bigger and there's more space, so you're not as apt. I would rack. agree with that, and um, there's
2: more grooves that yeah, work.
1: Yeah, so I'm saying there's more yeah. more room to run. I I think Iowa is actually an intriguing choice, and and the thing about Riley is that for me anyway, he's got a very he's got a big brain. I mean, Riley's a very intelligent young man, and I think. The adaptability is going to be there. I think he'll be fine. Uh, The other nice debut that I'm seeing here that I think is wicked cool and wasn't expecting, Justin Haley, the Haley formerly known as JJ, is making his debut in the Xfinity Series for GMS at uh, Iowa, also going to run Daytona. Now, this intrigues me because, A, I would have surmised that perhaps – we might have seen Chase Elliott but apparently i w- i wouldn't at have. this point here's you- the, here's the deal
2: it's an off week you're not going to pull your cup drivers off their off weekend to go run an xfinity race well, that's not fair enough. that's not realistic when the cup series only has two off weekends during the year it, that that's basically where that's at for me i love this I do personally too. because it is another driver who's been looking to make a jump up now gets a shot he gets to run double duty so he's already going to be fresh with the track from the truck race the day before and i lied earlier when you and i were talking off air by the way i thought it was only one more race in a second entry uh, but tom called it it's actually two races in a second entry at the two tracks that i think are going to be the best two tracks for Justin Haley to run in a second GMS entry. Yeah. Daytona, we know he's good in the draft. He's won an yep. ARCA race in yep. the draft. And Watkins Glen, he kicks tail on road courses. Yeah, and I'm going ma- to make a bold prediction right now. Justin Haley runs for the win in that race at Watkins Glen.
1: It wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest, if if he did that. Now, just looking through the entry list, guys, just the usual cars that have rotator drivers, to tell you who's racing them, Shane Lee, back behind the wheel of the three from Richard Childress. And I like this choice, too, because, again, great track for Shane to be competing on. He should do very well at uh, this track. You've got Blake Jones driving for B.J. McLeod, which I find to be a really interesting. Wow. From, uh, from the depths of the Cunningham ARCA program, yeah. comes okay. Blake Jones.
2: That's a name I haven't heard in a
1: while. Yeah. Uh, so Blake actually running... The number eight car this weekend, of course, you got Herbst. We talked about him, Austin Sindrick, getting the call for the double deuce. No surprise. For um, Team Penske, Fitzgerald, the colors uh, of choice on that car this weekend. And so, therefore, Ty Majeski. Getting another start at Iowa in the 60 car for Roush Fenway. Uh, no sponsor listed for that particular car. And then uh, looking down through the field, that we have...
2: Be it, unless the ninety eights um, running with Briscoe. Uh,
1: no, we have no 98. We Good. do have a uh, 66 of Stan Mullis. So I don't recognize that name at all. That's uh, one of
2: Carl Long's cars.
1: Okay, so uh, Motorsports Business yep. Management. And the
2: MBM is Carl Long. Okay,
1: so uh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, also on the list, and uh, I'm still keeping my eye on cas Grawler. I,
2: and, and I want to see your entry list for a minute, because I want to make see a it? point oh, here. Oh, you want to actually Yeah, I, I want to actually make a point here. So, looking down this list, I find this particularly interesting here, because you've got the 23 of Haley, yeah. who's running double duty. Yep. You've got the Burps. four... No, I,
1: negative, sorry.
2: No, Go I ahead. was going to say Riley's not in a truck. Yeah. Uh, Christian Eckes is in the 46 yes. truck, but nice truck. Yes, um, I believe the 40. I believe John Hunter's running double duty. He he's, is. He's running the yes. truck, and, and this is a matter of convenience. He hadn't been running yes. double duty, but. To have these two series at the same track this particular weekend, why not? Especially at a track where John Hunter's had a particular amount of success. I think that the guys who are running double duty and doing both the truck race and the Xfinity race may be a little bit Cisco underrated here, especially in the case of John Hunter. I, I just have a weird feeling that 42 might yet race for the win as well before this is all over.
3: I think John Hunter is one of the most underrated drivers in the top three series right now, to be honest. I mean, he's shown he's been able to have a performance worthy of making it into the championship four. And yet I, you know, unt- until this Ganassi deal came together, I wasn't really sure what his future was going to be. So, I mean, I'm happy to see JH, and you know going out and making starts and equipment that he can go out and win with. And I agree with you, Jacob. I think he's going to be a huge threat.
1: Yeah, this could be really interesting. I like the fact that uh, when I look down through this list in the Xfinity series, there basically are no real cup guys in it. This is going to be fun to watch to see how uh, this race turns out. I love the racing at Iowa. Almost anything that runs there puts on great shows. Let's get to the truck series here real quick. three, items of interest right off the top we mentioned well jacob did christian Eckes making his debut with kbm this weekend cowbush motorsports in the 46 truck i think christian Eckes could be an interesting surprise again familiarity and again christian is at a point in his development now i don't know that he's a threat to win by any means But I do think Christian Eckes could make a real nice showing this weekend in the truck series there. And I expect him to race smart. And speaking of smart, the smart series by Destiny Homes, which is based in Milwaukee, Iowa, is the new sponsor for one race anyway for Brett Buffett. So uh, Brett needed some sponsorship help to help uh, keep that team going. And he's got it, at least for Iowa, so new colors for the 16 of Moffitt in the truck series. And uh, our old buddy Reed Wilson making another appearance for Young's Motorsports, this time in the truck series, with True North at uh, Iowa as well. And uh, Reed always runs well when he runs, so I expect to see him probably a top 10 to 15 finish for Reed at Iowa for sure with that particular truck. Um, again, looking down through the field, um, we've got Todd Gilliland in the four, of course. You're going to be seeing him for most of the rest of the year, I would guess. Um, Robbie Lyons uh, is entered in the 15 truck we'll have to see i know he was not feeling well we'll see if he's able to make that start and here's the here's the one i'm looking at that i think is cool tanner thorson in the number 20 for young's motorsports which we knew that was coming, for this race but... yes uh but we haven't talked about it and tanner thorson going to be fun to watch uh, that gives us a couple of flavors of dirt track racing in this particular event is of course Stuart Friesen as well and I like to see Bailey Curry back as well in the 83 he had some bad luck in his last last couple starts actually I really felt bad for him last week so I
2: want to make a point by the way since you bring up Tanner Thorson and you've brought up Reed Wilson yeah this is a very big weekend for Tyler Young as a team owner this is going to be the first time and it's proof the, the cost-cutting measures are allowing some of these smaller teams to do bigger things. The first time that Young's Motorsports has fielded three trucks for one race in team history. You've got the 02, oh, the yeah, 12, and yeah. the 20 with Austin Hill, yep. Reed, and Tanner Thorson. So I, I talked to Tyler, and he's uh, earlier in the year, he said there's even a possibility there may be one or two races where if they sell the right sponsorship, you could see four Young's Motorsports trucks on track in certain scenarios. I'm just really pleased to see how they've built this team up now to two full-time trucks and the additional trucks when they can, Tom, that's what the cost cutting measures that NASCAR and the truck series have tried to start implementing over the last couple of years. This is what it's designed to do. It's designed to help some of these teams that weren't able to become big players before become big well, I agree. players.
1: I agree. And Tyler Young and that group have worked awfully hard on their program and they've definitely stepped stepped it up and so you know this again this is the kind of a race where those trucks could uh, begin to shine a little bit by the way uh who is in the 51 truck answer harrison burton Woo-hoo! uh back in that particular ride for the weekend so Excite. that that is uh that is the truck series and uh they're of course running the m ms 200 presented by casey's general store at iowa speedway when we come back We'll talk Modifieds, we'll talk ARCA, and oh, by the way, some interesting rumors already for 2019. We'll talk about that, too, and is Liberty Media buying NASCAR? We're going to have some discussion about that as well. Somebody on the Performance Motorsports Network thinks they are, so we'll uh, bat that about. When we return here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker, you're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport.
6: edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu.
7: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now. But you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less,
5: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Uh,
4: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
3: Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
1: There we go. Rocking some Jim Croce here on the uh, Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and punching the buttons very well behind the glass in his first solo performance with us, Randy Miller. And we go to the Wheel and Modified Tour, which, as this show airs live, as we're doing this right now, is racing at Thompson international speedway park no you messed thompson it up motorsports international speedway, speedway. Mo- no, shush, no international thompson speedway motorsports park <laughs> that's all they need is international why just to add it we'll have five names um <laughs> because you know thompson speedway just wasn't enough uh the mod tour racing at thompson one of my favorite tracks by the way up north and we were talking about in practice how far Doug Kobe was. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess oh, what? Oh, by the
2: way. He on
1: the pole for <laughs> tonight's Thompson 125. It's his 22nd career pole. Ronnie Williams was the fastest in uh, practice, and he is P2. And John McKennedy, who won the season opener at uh, Myrtle Beach, is P3 right now for the Whelan modified tour at thompson so there you go jacob when it counts doug kobe right back up top and suddenly we start talking about doug kobe for the win on a track where we normally talk about doug kobe for the win yeah or at least being a contender and you're surprised at this because why well a little only because he has not been so much a contender for the win up to this moment and the one that i thought i would see in the top three and i don't is justin monsignor who has actually been the story in my opinion of the modified tour so far this season top five in practice i don't know why you're really worried now the only reason you should be worried
2: is that uh, tonight is a rather short race it's only 125 laps by comparison to some of the other races 150 200 laps that we see
1: for the tour so
2: it's not a lot of time to get things done it's what uh our kyle souza calls
1: a sprint race well it is and uh kyle is obviously there working for nascar home tracks so uh that's if you're listening live to this show, just go to the home tracks page on NASCAR dot com or just follow him on Twitter if you're a tweeter uh, and you'll get updates throughout the evening. But uh, interesting to see Kobe up top there. We'll see if it lasts. I think the other guy that I'm keeping my eye on only because of past history is Rowan Pennick and uh the bowler team i would love to see them back in victory lane again we'll see how that goes while we await further updates from the modified side of things we switch gears a bit and talk about the arca series and boy is there a lot to talk about from the arca series we really haven't done a deep dive into the arca series really all season long we've had several drivers who race in the series on but Haven't really spent a lot of time just talking about what's going on there this year. MDM Motorsports has pretty much owned the series for most of the season. And in fact, uh, only one week um, when, no, I'm not even sure there was a week, maybe a week, when uh, they weren't leading the points in some form or fashion. Sheldon Creed just taking back. The series points lead from his teammate, Zane Smith, who had taken it from him after Talladega when he won. Creed now back in the points lead. Why? Because he just killed him at Michigan. How cool is it to finally see finally X Games gold medalist Sheldon Creed get his first win in the ARCA series? He has done everything but when that's his first win this season car period it is yeah and he just cleaned their clocks pretty much did he yeah i didn't think it was quite that easy in in the sense that i think he was the best car for most of the race i yeah he he took the lead i think once on 28 lost it for a bit then took it back uh something like 37 i want to say if my memory serves me correctly and just led the rest of the way um and and sheldon there was no doubt about the speed that he had in that race car and his teammate zane had a rare off race so that now shifted the points lead back to sheldon zane in second and chase purdy uh also racing for that team at michigan had just a real struggle i think he ended up 13th and uh The fourth teammate there in the Rotator 12 car was Brandon Jones, who was going for his third win in a row at Michigan, and he got the pole, led the first four laps, but ended up blowing up on the 27th lap. And so, Cisco, uh, the highlight clearly that day for MDM was Sheldon Creed getting the win. Um, Those cars are just ultra fast, and if they lose an ARCA race this year, whoever beats them earned it.
3: Yeah, and I was going to say, Sheldon Creed from lap 37 onwards led every single yeah. lap of the remainder of that event. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, a de- dominating, I believe, or destroying the field, whatever
1: well, form know, of alliteration yeah, you want to go with. He certainly was in control. And here's the yeah. thing. I, I look at this series, and it's been a while since we've had one team just completely dominate the way MDM Motorsports has this year but with that being said there are also other stories in the series and one of the the i think the more intriguing stories of the year has been excuse me will rogers driving for ken schrader racing of course will uh actually running the k and n pro e series as we mentioned earlier at uh, new jersey this weekend but uh driving for schrader racing and will has had sort of an interesting start not necessarily the results but he certainly i think over the last two or three races has showed that he's capable of running inside the top 10 and and i think um, as the series continues and we get into the summer i think will is going to be very very difficult to contend with as, uh, as as we we go down the stretch cisco
3: I agree. And kind of what I'm seeing out of MDM is kind of almost a McAnally-esque sort of situation yeah. in a way. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, you know, look, here's the thing with MDM Motorsports, Jacob. You've got you've got some interesting crew chiefs here. I mean, when you start talking about guys like Mark McFarland, Marty Lindley, you who else you got in that organization? You've got uh, Jeff Stankiewicz. Um, you know, you, you've you've got uh, Robert Hoffman. Um, just some amazing crew chiefs and the the years of not just experience but winning and championship success and you've got some drivers now you know Zane Smith year two; Sheldon Creed year two uh, and you've had Brandon Jones rotating in and out of the 12 car with Harrison Burton who ended up getting the win in his first super speedway start at Pocono And so the only, and I don't even want to call him a weak link. The team has had just some awful luck this year is Chase Purdy, who's a rookie. Uh, But Chase has been fast enough to contend. It just seems like either there's mistakes on pit road or he gets into somebody else's crash or whatever. That team just has the right combination of drivers and crew chiefs. And of course, you know, fantastic Toyotas. They're just killing it this year. Okay. Okay.
2: This is the equation that I go off of to explain to people why MDM Motorsports is traditionally as as good as they've been this season. Really talented crew chiefs. That's what I said. Plus really hungry drivers. That's what I said.
1: equals <laughs> lots of wins. Yeah. Well, and, and experience too. Yes. You know, they're they're like I said Chase the only actual rookie. I mean, unless you count Harrison who was a rookie on the super speedway. but um, he went and won that, so I think his stripe is done, basically, uh, no longer a rookie, and so, you know, it's really interesting, they've only got three of the cars, competing this week, and the 12 car not in action, but I think, that this is, to me, this reminds me of the, the uh, days gone by, when Venturini Motorsports, used MDM to, is the new Venturini, yeah. I mean, the that's new really era what it feels like, and, you know, it's just, really intriguing to watch of course i think one thing that's in their favor is you have you had the transition from cunningham to bryant and not to take away from bryant in any way shape or form but again new situation you got to get used to things they're doing things obviously a little differently some different personnel and you also uh have joe gibbs racing with riley herbst yeah he's in year two but they just haven't been able to compete With MDM, the only car that I've seen that can compete with those guys right now is the DGR Crossley car. And again, depends on who's driving it. So um, just one of those years, Cisco, when you've got a team that happens to have a hot hand and they're basically playing ping pong with, you know, who's going to win which race i'd also I'd also throw Michael self into that conversation, well, sure, yeah, Michael for Venturini, and of course christian Eckes. i mean it isn't that Venturini has been poor, but again um MDM, they just
3: haven't been dominant
1: yeah m d m is definitely the hot hand here and 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 it's just Interesting to watch that and a bit unusual in these days, especially you look at last year, it was Ken Schrader and his one car team that ended up winning the championship. So interesting that MDM has been able to do this this year, Cisco.
3: And just one last point before we go to break. Uh, great run for Leilani Munter in the uh, Vegan Strong Car. Started 18th, finished 9th.
2: Yeah.
1: Fantastic run for her. Yep. Yeah. And That's the
2: best Speedway run that she's had outside is. of Daytona-Falladay. Yeah. It Absolutely.
1: Certainly. And they go to uh, Madison this weekend. So back to a short track. So... You know this is interesting. I'm keeping. I'm watching Purdy this weekend. I think Chase. <laughs> I'm not.
2: Chase is. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I, I'm watching Chandler Smith. That that kid well, has done everything but win a race. See there
1: again. There's another driver, of course, running for Venturini. There's another driver that you'd think could interrupt that MDM winning Absolutely. streak. Absolutely. But so and far, Chandler has you know, had. S- Stupid bad luck yeah like ridiculous yep gonna be interesting i still think purdy uh this weekend on, a, on the short track if that team can pull together a solid race with no mistakes in the pits and and chase can can eliminate the mistakes on the track that he's made a couple of times lately they can run a clean race i think purdy has a good shot at that this weekend we'll step aside when we come back a grief into hour two already and we are going to start talking about some interesting rumors for 2019 and talk about some other topical uh discussion as well because the at&t takeover of time warner i think is going to have some effect on the sport we'll talk about that Right around the turn, you're listening to The Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety, on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network.
7: You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving.
3: Hi, I'm Timmy Salamido, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now,
1: back to the show. Well, Timmy Salamito is another name that uh, compete is competing at Thompson tonight in the Wheel and Modified Tour event. So we'll see how things work out for him this evening as well. Welcome back to hour two of the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman. Cisco Scaramuza and Randy Miller all with you here from the Race City USA Race Chaser Studios in Mooresville North Carolina, and we are into our second hour Okay, so we've got uh, Several little I'll call them hanging chads. These are news topics that necessarily aren't bullet point type topics but topics that can require some longer discussion and I can't resist starting with a couple of rumors, and I'm going to give um, Jacob the credit on this because Jacob uh, shared these with me earlier. I find them very intriguing. Um, Rumors for 2019 already starting. The first one is Trevor Bain moves from Roush Racing to Junior Motorsports for an Xfinity season. Now, here's my question. Who leaves, or do we go to five cars? (laughs) I'm going to... Because last I looked, they're all
2: sponsored. (laughs) Well, okay. This is true. However, trading money for money is what I've heard. And when perhaps AdvoCare doesn't want to shell out the money for a full Cup Series schedule, but would reposition that to better benefit an Xfinity program. And there's one weak link at Junior Motorsports right now that has been a (laughs) consistent (laughs) weak link. This is what I have heard. Michael Michael Lynette goes away from the five car, and Trevor Bain, and in some capacity, Advocare goes to that five car for 2019.
1: Well... This would have to be, in my estimation, I would think, a full season advocate deal at that point. Because you would we have to think we know that Michael and Nett's deal with Pilot, Flying, with Pilot, J's. Yep. flying J is full season. Um, yeah, that definitely has underperformed. Everybody else has either competed for wins
2: or won this season and last season, Michael Annette has really not yeah. even been in the conversation. I,
1: you know, it's it's intriguing and it would be to me this would be a great move, Cisco, for Trevor Bain, if the opportunity arises, because it would give him a chance to step back and put himself in a situation where he can uh begin to repair a reputation that has absolutely been uh trashed by his current team roush fenway racing with their uh move with matt kenseth who hasn't done one single bit better in the sixth car than trevor has and actually this past weekend if you listen to matt on the radio it was quite clear that he didn't care if he was out there or not was actually made the remark when the car started sparking he spun and the car was sparking and somebody mentioned you know just be heads up if it catches fire matt's response one could only hope. So uh, it appears that uh, Matt's already quite frustrated at what is obviously a very bad six-car team. So um, now, in for his frustration, he gets 10 more races. So I'd actually like to see Trevor Bain uh, go to Junior Motorsports. I think that would be an interesting move for him.
3: Yeah, it would. It would change a whole lot for Trevor, give him a completely different kind of... Set of people he's going to be working with moving away from what is essentially, you know, the Ford stable and moving into a Chevrolet group. I I would wonder, Jacob, since we talked about it a little bit Mm -hmm. last week, maybe we see Annette and I'm going to bring him up for about the thousandth time on this episode. Maybe (laughs) Annette goes to GMS or something.
2: I could believe it, especially if the Spencer Gallagher thing turns into a more drawn out thing thing than...
1: I think any of us really hope. Well, here's one for you. How about Michael Annette to Roush Fenway for 2019? Because he's got a full season sponsorship and they can't seem to get any sponsorship for their Xfinity There is that. (laughs) And Pilot Flying J's done a full season of Cup before. Well, no, I'm not talking about Cup. I'm talking about for Xfinity.
5: I oh, don't, you're saying Xfinity. Yeah, I oh, mean, that would be. Uh,
1: you know, because, again, yeah. they, they can't. They have Ryan Reed with, with his sponsor, but they've never been able to find. They couldn't find Bubba, a full season sponsor. So, you know, I would think a pay to play would be actually interesting. But I'll tell you somewhere else he could end up is RCR in the mix because, well, again, with full season sponsorship. Okay, so here's
2: a thought. <laughs> Since you bring up RCR. Okay. Could he perhaps replace Daniel Hemrick if Hemrick gets the
1: call up to go to a Childress Cup car? Well, if that were to happen, that could be a possibility. Again, have money will travel. Exactly. So,
2: and I ha- and I just have this gut feeling that South Point and the Gone family are not going to be content to stay in the Xfinity series if they have an opportunity to jump yeah. to cup with somebody like Daniel Hemmer Right. I would think, even in a partial season role, perhaps you see them and Caterpillar split a year, maybe? Could be. I mean, they, it'd be a great opportunity for Daniel, and it would be— it would keep Annette in the Chevrolet family, which I know, I know
1: that's been a lot of where Annette's been over the course of his career is Chevrolet. Well, I could easily see Daniel being full-time in Cup, and if that's the case, then I could see Annette maybe fitting in over there. Um, again, just something to think about as we look at this Trevor Bain, Trevor Bain to uh, Junior Motorsports rumor. Uh, next rumor. This is an interesting one. Chase Briscoe goes to the double zero for Stuart Haas Racing in Xfinity full-time in 2019. So you say, okay, so that means Kurt Busch is done and Cole Custer goes to the 41. Uh, No, Kurt Busch stays in the 41 for one more year. Cole Custer goes to the GoFast 32 car, which would then be SHR supported, I'm doing air quotes. Supported in 2019. And so Matt de burrito then becomes a free agent. And here's what I would if this all came true. Here would be my dear Matt letter. Dear Matt burrito please go see the folks at Front Row Motorsports. And dear Front Row Motorsports please replace David Reagan with Matt D burrito and team him with Michael McDowell for 2019. How much fun would that be? It would be fun. And God bless David Reagan. I mean, no disrespect here, but you know, D burrito has got to have a home. And I think that would be an interesting team. D I think is more aggressive than David. Indeed. And I think gives you uh two drivers Cisco with front row. That would be fun to watch as they continue to build that particular program. But Uh, Cisco, I just think, uh, this, this particular rumor with all its parts is very intriguing.
3: Yeah, it is. And it reminds me a lot of the Eric Jones to the 77 situation we had last year, you know, at this point, uh, you know, Cole's just sitting here twiddling his thumbs, waiting for someone (laughs) to hop out of one of the SHR cars and pretty much by his performance lately, it's definitely not going to be Clint Boyer.
1: Uh, no. <laughs> well, no, we wouldn't have expected that. Anyway, Kurt Bush would be next out. And Kurt also has been running very well lately. So you would think that perhaps another year and Custer gets. And that's a great analogy again, Cisco, uh, comparing what that situation would be with the go fast car, the 32, to what the 77 was last year, which basically is a farm car supported by the big organization as basically a holding cell so to speak holding car get your experience over there and then when kurt's done we'll bring you over change the number to double nothing and continue on uh with where we are um i know i know starcom has double nothing i'm quite sure that something could be arranged
3: there. Well, no, I was going to say, it was I, important. I, just, I want Garrett Smithley to be involved in that car in some <laughs> way, shape, or form, just because he is <laughs> the d- double, number, nothing. double
0: nothing.
1: <laughs> well, he was involved with a 99 for half a lap uh, <laughs> at uh, yeah, Michigan. Um, I felt bad for Garrett. Poor that was Garrett. a rather inauspicious debut. I, I think the car <laughs> broke. So, yeah, interesting that uh, we we could see possibly briscoe coming over to the double zero what what intrigues me more about that than anything is that still leaves the 98 as a rotator car um which is interesting i would have thought maybe you'd see him full-time in that particular car next year and the double zero would go away but uh, whichever so couple of rumors for 19 now along the lines of 2019 I want to hit this. The schedules came out for the Xfinity Series and the trucks. Uh, and we'll talk about this more when we come back from the break. And the what I want to specifically focus on is the change in the date for Eldora's truck race and whether that's a good thing, a bad thing, or nothing at all. And we'll get to that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport The leaders in motorsport safety, right here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network.
7: How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov.
6: Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
1: I don't know. There's something about the pairing of Brandon McReynolds with Metallica. I don't really know what i'm thinking there but it just feels feels right wait you think yeah i think it uh it, i think once in a while i try not to do it too often though i was gonna say if you do it too often then steam starts, yeah, starts rolling smoking. out of your ears the and the problem you you turn all red in the face It's yeah, just not a good it's not situation pretty. uh but speaking of thinking at&t has been thinking for a while about taking over time warner but they've been getting a lot of resistance well guess what no more A judge, for some strange reason, which I can't figure out, actually approved this obviously bad, in my opinion, uh, situation of AT&T taking over Time Warner. Here's my question, Cisco. I'm going to throw this to you. What effect do you think this could potentially have on the sport and the coverage of the sport And then we can have some debate about this back and forth. I don't know if you're looking at this as a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm anxious to hear what your thoughts are.
3: Well, let's, let's lay it all out here so we can kind of explain this in more depth because there's a lot more going on than just these two companies because exactly. at the end of the day, these are two parent companies. Mm-hmm. You know, AT&T is, well, they're AT&T. You, you've seen them, DirecTV. That's one of their major assets, obviously. They just bought Otter Media, I believe, last yep. year for about a billion. Yep. Um, and then Time Warner. Now, what's interesting about this is that Time Warner mainly – we're looking at this as a content, the content side of Time Warner. So, this would include Turner Sports, so your TNT, your TNT, or your TNT, your TBS, and your uh, Cartoon Networks, you know, stuff like that, as well as HBO. But what I find interesting about this is I'm not sure, but I believe this deal, correct me if I'm wrong, but also would include Time Warner Cable, which includes, in this case, Spectrum. Well, that means Spectrum all becomes all grouped into AT&T as well. So now, if you look at it from that perspective and you look at, well, who's left on the block? You know, Charter's part of Spectrum, which is now part of AT&T. Really, the only person on the block at this point is Comcast, Dish, and all all the little other people at this point, Tom.
1: This is where this starts to get murky because... You do have several... You you did that very well, by the way. You do have several companies involved in this particular situation because Charter slash Spectrum bought Time Warner last Time year. Time Warner Cable. Time Warner Cable, okay. Now, if AT&T buys the whole thing and it all becomes AT&T and they get rid of all the other names, then AT&T basically has one of the largest cable providers to go with their own uh, satellite type program. They have, of course, now would have cable phone service plus traditional phone service, and they would also have cell phone service. So this becomes a huge company. But you mentioned Comcast. Comcast is trying its best to get a hold of what's left of Fox Mm -hmm. and and they have outbid Disney now in an attempt to acquire the 21st century Fox assets. Now, what I find to be intriguing is I'm not sure that that includes their sports piece, which I know and it's no secret that NBC Sports or NBC, is trying to acquire to go with NBC Sports. So what you're seeing here, Cisco, is the, the issue that I have here is this could become the first in a series of moves that change, cause a lot of different companies to change hands. And as our, as the sports TV deal comes up again, you know, in a handful of years here, it's going to be interesting to see what the whole landscape looks like.
3: Well, and also if you consider – I mean we could see Comcast, Disney, and 21st Century Fox all under the same awning at some point as well because at that point – and then if you have Comcast take into account that they also have Sky at that point, you basically have – Comcast versus AT and T, which is what it's been for a while, but just they own a whole lot more of everything. I was going to say
2: it's on a bigger scale at that point. Yeah,
3: exactly. But what what's interesting about this is you almost see the sports properties pitted against each other because AT and T would have a lot of the coverage of the NBA versus NBCSN, which has a lot of the coverage. You know, obviously you have some of the Olympics in there, yeah. as well as you know our basically whole world of NASCAR would get roped into that and basically the only the way this would be interesting for motorsports is outside of CBS and Viacom which has Lucas Oil Off Road and occasional ARCA and occasional other stuff it's basically you know being triangulated to be all on one side now and all be a part of this Comcast 21st Century Fox Disney conglomerate which oh by the way What's the secondary series and NASCAR sponsor? Who's that again? Comcast.
1: That would be Xfinity, which is a Comcast Comcast. brand. Now, this is where I'm going with this. And and this is my big question is whether bigger is going to be better or not. And here's why I say that, because the whole takeover of Time Warner Cable by Spectrum slash Charter has been an absolute dumpster fire the the service is terrible the customer service is terrible there are areas of the country for example up north uh in in Oswego and some of the surrounding areas up there uh, they lost fox for about 6 months or so just literally got it back last weekend um, so they you know they couldn't even watch NASCAR because spectrum was doing a money play with whoever the regional provider is up there and playing games with that. So I don't know that bigger is going to be better here. I think this could really muddy the waters and the quality of what we get as consumers, which all lumps into the sports, Cisco, and the coverage of it. It it could just be really messy.
3: It could be, and also something to keep in mind, if this 21st Century Fox, Disney, Comcast giant conglomerate happens, you also have to take into account Hulu, which at that point, 21st Century Fox, Disney and Comcast add up to 90 percent of the stake in Hulu. Yeah, there's 10% 10 percent in Time Warner. So I can almost guarantee you any sort of co- uh, cooperation between Hulu and Time Warner would probably cease at that point. Any sort of and competition. Hulu would go over to 21st Century Fox Disneyland. And at that point, you see Netflix go the other way. So it's. You know, it's we could very well be seeing that here in a little
2: bit. Cisco, let me ask you this, because this is something that, uh, that I've been mulling over the last couple weeks. The end of this TV deal comes up in 2024, the current TV deal. I've asked myself for the last year or so, with the advent and all the streaming technology and all the other streaming properties that are coming up, is there going to be another TV deal? I'm I guess I'm speaking in a way I'm speaking mostly in NASCAR terms for now, but are we going to see another TV deal like the one we're in currently going forward and I could apply that to just about any form of motorsport in this country.
3: Yeah, I think Jacob it's an interesting question because we're moving into a media industry that Looks nothing like it did five ten years yep. ago because of the advent of streaming, like you talked about. And Tom, I think one thing that we'll see is maybe NASCAR, you know, using those connections with Comcast to maybe set up its own over-the-top system. Which I bring that up because we're going to move on to another rumor <laughs> that you want to get on. Uh, speaking of over-the-top, Liberty Media maybe in the uh, in the uh, talks to be the so-called buyer of NASCAR, the big shadowy figure.
1: Well, yeah, and we can, if we need to, we can carry this over into the next segment, but we'll start talking about it now. So Mitch Walker, one of our cohorts on the Performance Motorsports Network, who does his live show Monday nights at 930 Eastern. We love Mitch. and But, but Mitch put out his thought a week ago on his show that, He's got some kind of an inkling for whatever reason. I don't know, a source or whatever. But he believes that Liberty Media, who, oh, by the way, owns Formula One, is going to buy NASCAR. Now, he doesn't, he didn't go into a lot of specifics as to why he believes it other than to talk about the fact that, you know, they, they Liberty Media likes to own things They have the ability uh, from a resource standpoint to buy NASCAR. But here's what's intriguing to me about this. As you look at all of these big media players that are trying to basically swallow each other and condense into one or two major uh, corporations, even more so than what we have, The idea that Liberty Media then would want to buy NASCAR seems to me to be, if this all starts to happen, to me it's less, it would be less of a desire on their part because they then would have to deal with the other networks, the other companies, for coverage unless they just decided they were doing it all themselves, which... I don't see where Liberty Media, other than over the top, I don't see where they have the ability but to pull it see off. The tremendous way
2: tremendous amount of value in over the top, though, that's the thing. Cisco can probably speak to it better than I can, but I know that at least from that platform, Cisco, this is something Liberty's really, 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 really pushing right now.
3: Oh, absolutely. And we've seen it with F1's coverage right now and how eventually that's the way they're going to go. And they're not sure. You know, we talked about it, I think, a month ago where we were like, well, we may not see, you know, Tom, you mentioned it. TV deals may not they may not be a thing because everything's OTT. And certainly it would be an interesting you know, I I agree with you. I think you brought up the point when we talked about it last time that I don't think we're ever going to see NASCAR leave television sets in the U.S. altogether. But I could I would certainly not be surprised if that TV deal was, instead of the television being the primary production, that being an offshoot of what is the OTT deal, almost seeing a sort of World Feed-esque situation with how
1: we see Formula One right now. It's intriguing, but I don't think you would see it in the next deal. And the reason I say that is because especially – You know, these media players that we're talking about now, aside from Liberty, and this is why I think, I mean, maybe Liberty would like to have it. I don't. First of all, I don't necessarily I need more of a data sample so far. I kind of like most of what they're doing with F1. What they did with the TV was uh, an abomination. And and, and to me, it's just uh, the over the top thing. It's too soon. And there's not enough fans in the U.S. who are into the over-the-top. Their demographic is off. Um, they're not attracting young people with that yet. Um, I'm not sure I, I see them buying NASCAR, but I think it's, it's, it's interesting to me that a media company would buy NASCAR. And I believe that you look at this whole AT&T thing and you start going, well, somewhere in there, you could see something going on, and I still wouldn't be surprised if somehow Google got in the middle of this, too. With that, we're going to step aside when we come back. More conversation, because I want to talk about and do a little bit of a deep dive into the Cup Series and talk about where we think we're at right now. Major stories, surprises, disappointments, that kind of a thing. Uh, and we we want to talk about uh, the new situation with gambling, too, because I'm already starting to see where that could start to go. So we'll get to that before the show is over as well. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network.
7: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed. Ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid avoid accidents vehicle dynamics and feedback skid control and skid recovery threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques this is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 do
5: you hear that
2: Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
1: All right, welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and our esteemed producer, Randy Miller, behind the glass punching buttons, and we... Kind of skipped over. I wanted to get to the schedule change. Not really much to talk about with regard to the Xfinity series, but the truck series does have a couple of items that I think are worth discussion. First of all, we take the race at Eldora and we are shifting it now to the beginning of August. Uh,. I don't know. Is this good, bad, or really no big deal, Cisco? This feels a little bit
3: to me like they can maneuver this into the, hey, check this out. This is the last big short track race of the summer. Come to Eldora Speedway for the Dirt Derby or something like that. The way they're positioning it into August, they could go after that market. But honestly, Jacob,
2: unless you're seeing something I'm not, this really doesn't seem like a big issue to me. I know exactly why they're doing it, and I know because I talked to Roger Slack after the Eldora truck race last summer. They're doing it to give themselves a little bit more time to recover from the King's Royal weekend before they have to dive headlong into preparing the track for a two-day NASCAR event with the truck series because the King's Royal is arguably Eldora's biggest race weekend of the entire year. And Bigger
1: than the truck series? I guess it yeah. would be because oh, just oh, surely because of the, Yeah, the be- difference in the cars. Yeah, the car out, the
2: outlet. Eldora is not a NASCAR track. Yeah. The fans come to Eldora to see trucks on dirt because it's trucks on right. dirt. But what made Eldora were sprint cars. Right. Hence why that's important. So, of course, of course the King's Royal is going to be the biggest weekend of the year and it takes the facility. I I talked to Roger and I talked to Larry Bose last summer. It was a Herculean effort to get that facility turned around in three days to be ready to host the truck series. I mean, there was literally almost no turnaround time to be able to get it done. They need, they wanted the couple extra weeks, Cisco, of breathing time, which, as they should, I honestly feel like this change is going to make for a better event for all parties involved, for Eldora, for NASCAR, for the fans. I, I like it. It took me a minute to stop and think about, okay, why does this make sense? But I like it.
3: Yeah. And uh, I mean, to that note, I mean, when when Tony has to be out there dragging the track on his ATV, you know, you need as much help as you can get.
1: right? (laughs) Well, I think Tony just likes to do that also because it's Tony. Yeah, I mean, he just has a good time with that. Okay, the other the other change, I don't really know if it makes a lot of difference. It just feels to me like the later in the summer you get. The hotter, you, you you may turn up the temperature there, but um, maybe it doesn't make that much of a difference, I'm sure, from a scheduling standpoint, as Jacob said. going to be much better for the facility itself. The other change I was curious about, though, and for the same reason Jacob was, and I still don't like it, to be honest. I understand it, still don't like it. Um, Texas fall truck race is now going to be in the spring of 2019 instead of in the fall now you questioned eddie gossage through twitter on this and actually got a response jacob so i'm gonna let you tell did actually i would you know what what what?
2: and i gotta thank eddie because this is why i respect him so much as one of the great promoters of our sport right now at the track level is because Eddie's not afraid to engage with the fans. And in my case, the media, and Agreed. he's not afraid to tell it like he sees it from the perspective of Texas right. motor speedway. Right now, this deal for Texas to move their fall truck race to the spring is really in essence, fairly simple. NASCAR and NASCAR on Fox have had a problem the last few years with a very, very large hole in the Truck Series schedule during the early portion of the year. They're trying to fill that a little bit. They've been very back-heavy on the Truck Series schedule the past five or six years. So you shift the truck race from the fall, move it into the spring, and alleviate one of the weeks in the uh, annual big-long break between Martinsville and kansas to help kind of give some more programming for the network providers at that point and be able to uh shorten that breakup a little bit that's why they did it i had heard talk that texas was going to do something initially like what las vegas did with the double triple headers so to speak but at the end of the day i'm glad that they didn't and they kept the june standalone and here's why there's it's very rare that you have a NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader ticket on the same weekend. That's very unique. It's something that Texas really is one of the only tracks that can boast. I mean, other than, uh, well, I started to say, uh, I, well, I guess that's true with the ARCA, yeah, the Arca, Arca IndyCar yeah. ticket in July that they that's have. It's not tracks. But, yeah, it, it's still Different stock series, cars, but the idea so being to, Yeah, right. the, the idea is the same. Right. There's not many stock car open-wheel tickets sure. on the same well, night. Well, now k Pro East at Gateway. With IndyCar 2, that's right. Actually, it's East and West. With, oh, that's right, the yeah, That's the combo show. Right. Combo. At Gateway. Yep. So, I it, need it, to get a ticket for that. You, you may need to get a ticket for that, Cisco, because <laughs> I think that's going to be a good race on it's both Saint counts.
3: That's not too, I, I was there last year for the
2: IndyCar race. Absolutely. Sure. Not too far of a drive. So, uh, all in all, there's not many of that kind of a ticket around. And I really, really, really like that Texas is not afraid, Cisco, to think outside of the box and keep that June ticket the way it is because it's unique. NASCAR fans scream all the time about how there's not enough uniqueness in the sport. There's one right there.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting show. And I, I'm, like I said, like what you said, I'm very glad that they're keeping it. And, you know, I, it's it, Tom, I understand why you don't like it, but. At the same time, I feel like, you know, we kind of we're going to get outvoted either way, I think, well, by by everybody. else. Nobody,
1: nobody asked me, but but just again, part of this is offering opinions. And mine is this. I don't think I'd mind it so much if I thought it was really solving a problem. The thing is, it's a bandaid on a bullet wound. The gap's still too long. And I don't. Part of that is NASCAR has gotten into this, this. The only reason it's too long is
2: because of where Easter falls this year. Well, this coming year.
1: Yes, but it's still, it's been too long for a while. It's just like the big gap they have in the, in the East series. You know, I think we could add one more truck race to the schedule. And put it in the springtime, Cisco. Instead of moving a race out of the fall, which I'd be okay with, and I don't want them to get rid of the the deal with the IndyCar series. I didn't think, in fact, I didn't think that was what this was about at all. Unless Jacob was thinking they were going to move that race to the spring. But um I, I, what I don't like is I think there's still too big a gap. I'd like to see at least one more race added to the schedule, and I'll tell you what I'd like it to be. I want a dirt, dirt track, track race at Charlotte in May. Oh. That's what I want.
3: Two? So you'd have two dirt tracks in one year?
1: No. I'm no. Uh, yeah, oh. two dirt tracks, yeah. Charlotte yeah, and Eldora. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, you have one. an East Coast dirt race and basically a Midwest, a Midwest dirt slash dirt race. West Coast Yeah, I
3: mean, Eldora is probably going to kick and scream about it a little bit if you're going to do that because then they, they kind they of are. lose their
1: exclusivity you know, but you know yeah. to me i think it makes perfect sense and because i do think that there's a reason there's a KM and m pro series east race on the dirt at vegas this year cisco i think that's an experiment because i think that there's probably going to be an east coast version of that coming up if this works and so why not pair them with the trucks at charlotte
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that would be a cool deal. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned earlier about tracks kind of moving into the summer. Yeah. Because I don't, I haven't had a chance to talk about it a whole lot, so I do want to bring it up. And it's something that happened this year: the cup date to move Chicago back to July in the daytime. Who whose idea was that? Can I just like do they not understand that that is literally the hottest weekend in Illinois? Like. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the only weekend that gets it on a night race is what they should have done. They put it on Sunday afternoon. That's the race I used to go to when I was like really young and it was
1: really hot. Well, here again for me, I mean, again, with all due respect to the folks at Chicagoland, we have two dog on many of these cookie cutter tracks. And that one to me, I don't care where it falls. It's not a good race it's just one of we we're, we're overdoing those you you can't put that anywhere honestly where it's going to be a featured event and you've got enough races around it that uh i don't know i i i agree with you though it seems silly to move that to a hotter weekend especially when we start having these debates about how hot it is for example at sonoma and you know the whole indycar side of things where you can't Find a date at Fontana because you want to avoid the heat or whatever. Um, you know, NASCAR just basically found the only week when it ever goes over 90 in Chicago, and it seems to do that regularly on that that in that period of time.
3: And and but but before we uh just hop on the on the uh sticking it to uh Chicagoland, I will say I did see something on Twitter this week which I really liked. They actually went the Kansas route, and to help kind of reduce a little bit of the seating capacity, help make it a little bit better, they've started putting a drink shelf. I'm losing the word, but it's basically instead of every row being seating, you now have actual, like, tables in front of you. It's like a big, long table. Kansas started doing it, and people loved it, but essentially gives you – a place that you can sit down and, you know, put your drink and stuff while you're actually watching the race. And it gives you a whole lot more leg room. So I actually really like that they're doing that. And from what I understand, uh, I was talking to one of my friends, Austin, who was at Kansas. He really loved that they put that in there. And they did it, not all the sections, but some of the sections at Chicagoland. So well, that, he, I like here again. I mean,
1: you know, everybody proposed tracks. Reducing seating or everybody maligns it, I guess would be a better way to say it, as if it's a disaster and the sport's going to uh, close in the next year or two. Um, I like the idea. They, these tracks had too many seats to begin with. Everybody got greedy. There, It was never going to sustain over 100,000 people at every race. There's too many races. If you're going to want to do that, you had to cut out about half the schedule because when you have 36 races a year – people don't all go to the same racetrack at the same yep. time. So, you know, it becomes too easy to just say, well, I'll just go over here, you know, instead of going over there or whatever, and everybody, you just thin the crowd out that way. Um, so I like the idea if they're going to reduce the seats, at least these tracks are trying to do something with that space for the fans to make it more enjoyable and a better experience. Um, so so good job. If that's what they're doing at Chicagoland, good job and uh, i think that's that's cool stuff with that we step aside when we come back wow it's already lightning round time so i guess that's the perfect time for us to uh get into the cup series just a little bit and just uh i don't want to call it report cards we're not necessarily going to hand out grades but just to talk about where we think everything is right now and what we see as the future for the rest of the season what in see the is cup what series and we'll talk about that around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety right here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network.
6: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance,
5: and the Ad Council.
7: I'm Dalton
2: Sargent. You're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. And we uh, actually head to our lightning round here with uh, kind of an interesting theme to at least open things up with as we uh, go into our white flag segment that we'll close the show for tonight. I want to talk about the Cup Series here for a bit. We don't do a ton of that on this show. We focus more on the lower series and the regional series, but thought this would be a good time just to talk about Cause we're almost at the halfway point and we've got the break for father's day for the cup guys. So thought we would just offer some thoughts on where we think we are and where we think we're going. I'm going to do this kind of in the form of roundtable topical questions. And I'll start with Jacob, then go to Cisco. So major story of the season. If you could pick one story, out of all of the big stories of the cup season to date, what would you say is the defining story of the season so far, Jacob? Ford, from taking a drubbing to giving it. Domination, pretty much. But Cisco, that really a lot of that falls to one team, Stuart Haas, uh, providing most of that drubbing that Ford's giving everybody. The other Ford teams, I mean, yeah, Penske to a point, Um, you know, Roush hasn't done much of anything to talk about so far, but certainly um, some improvement at Front Row Motorsports. But it's been pretty much all uh, Stuart Haas racing this year for Ford. What's
3: interesting is Jacob went positive. I was going to go negative. I was going to say Chevrolet not finding any new roads. They've been stuck doing the same thing for the last couple of months
1: (laughs) now, and that's a whole lot of nothing. If this were around the horn, I would give you about five points for that one. That was uh, well played. Yeah, no new roads for Chevy except the one that goes backwards. Uh, You know, it's just been a disappointing start to the season. And here's the, the, the key statement about that. When William Byron says... In a, in a TV interview, I think we're at the point of being able to run consistently from 10th to 15th, and we're trying oh to get to 5th. That's not good. That's That's not good. good. That's not good. And he wasn't just talking about the 24 team. He was talking about Hendrick as a company. Uh, you, You know that you got issues there. And so just a very surprising season. I think that I was going to ask the next question is being, What was the biggest surprise, what's been the biggest surprise of the season? And if I were asking, or if someone else were asking me that, that would have been my answer. The fact that Hendrick Motorsports has been so bad this year. Jacob, your biggest surprise. Two words. Clint Boyer. Really? Absolutely. The biggest surprise? Why? Because he's won two? I And one of them was a rainout. I don't care. And not that I'm
2: trying <laughs> to diminish the win because... Here's, but. The, here's the deal. Not just that Clint Boyer's won two races, but the fact that Clint Boyer finally looks again like the Clint Boyer that nearly won a championship for Michael Walter Racing in 2012. It has taken him six very long, very arduous, very painful years to get back to that point. But this is the Clint Boyer who was at the peak of his career with MWR before the rug got pulled out from underneath everybody a year later. He's been patient. He's kept his foot in it. He's worked. He's gutted it out. Yes, I believe Clint Boyer, for me, is the biggest surprise of this year. I expected him to run well with SHR. I did not believe that he could come out and win multiple races like a Kevin Harvick could. I am happy to be wrong about that, and... Anybody that thinks that Kyle Larson is automatically going to be the final player in this uh, supposed championship four that right now it looks like is going to include the four, the 18, and the 78, don't count the 14 out to go all the way to Homestead. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: Oh, well, I'm not counting anybody out at this point. It's still too early to me to, f- to figure out number four, but we can discuss that later if we have time. Cisco, your biggest surprise—
3: I think the biggest surprise for me this year was the Royal Rumble-esque number 30 glass shattering of, oh, hi, Matt Kenseth. It turns out you are you are actually still existing and him going to Roush, because I don't think anybody saw that one coming.
1: Well, OK, that would be, yeah, if we're talking about surprise story, that certainly uh, would, would be a, a fair choice for that. Um, equally surprising I think to a lot of people would be that Tom was actually right it isn't Trevor Bain with that (laughs) we go to the biggest disappointment Jacob who or what the biggest disappointment so far Mm. in the cup series in 2018 Mm. not Hendrick Motorsports They're
2: close, but for me, they're not the biggest disappointment. I'm just going to be point blank and go right back to where you were halfway going just a minute ago. Roush Fenway Racing. I'm sorry. They've been bad. I've never seen them be this abysmal. It's just, it's excruciating to watch at this point. It really is. Cisco. Uh, I'm going to go for the jugular on one of the drivers I really like,
3: Jamie Mack.
2: Ooh, really? What?
3: Really? For all that his teammate has done in the Chevrolet that nobody else has been able to do, Jamie Mack has just looked more out to lunch this year than I've seen him in a while. Really? Wow!
1: What are you, I don't, know. I, I don't even know. He's if...
3: barely twentieth in points, and his teammate is the only guy who's been, you know, at least showing up to try and challenge everybody else. Well, it seems like there's no chemistry between these two teams. Wh-
2: well, I've got to give you credit, Cisco. I didn't think it was quite that bad until you just made me look at deal. it. Here's the
1: I mean, if, if we're going to just talk about points, let's go back to Hendrick. I don't
2: well, think. Well, I mean, in fairness, his average finish is 19th this year. That Cisco's and he's got, got a... one
3: top five and three top ten. Cisco, yeah, I mean, but
2: that's not good. Cisco has a good point. That's not good. And here's the stat for me that's really telling of just how – out to lunch Jamie is we've had 15 races so far this season Jamie has only finished on the lead lap in five of them that is not
1: good yeah I mean I'm not gonna deny he that the results haven't been good but he's shown speed he's been involved in some crashes not all of his doing Um, to me the biggest disappointment is exactly the opposite I'm going with his teammate Kyle Larson and here's why there was an old wrestler, and I was trying to think of his name during the last break, and I I, I blanked out on it. But he used to have his, his quote-unquote, move, again, the air quotes, because we all know wrestling's fake, but was the Spinner Rooney. And Kyle that Larson...
3: Would be, uh, that would be Booker T, sir.
1: Booker T, thank you. And Kyle Larson has become... His favorite move lately is the Spinner Rooney. I mean, look, dear Kyle, all right, the tires are hopping or whatever keep control of the race car. He he has taken his team out of at least two or three races this year just by spinning all by himself. I mean, I think Kyle honestly has regressed a little bit in his in his mental game from where he was for much of last season when he, we all thought he was going to be the fourth player. I don't have that faith in him right now, and it's not because I don't think the team can do it. Kyle is just making too many mistakes. That Ky-
3: Jacob, it looks to me when Kyle goes out there, and like like uh, Tom was saying, that he just is overdriving the car. That almost looks to me like Kyle's missing the precision that he had with yeah. his
2: car last year. I agree. Yep. And right now, Cisco, with the way those Chevrolets are driving, I pretty much am a subscriber to the theory that if you can't drive the car precise, you're not going to get any success out of it.
3: Yeah, I agree, and it's it's so interesting because at the beginning of the season during testing— you know, all of the the other manufacturers. Oh man, these Chevys—they're—they're going to destroy us. We have no chance. Eh. And how oh. it is
1: completely gone the other direction.
3: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I just—to uh, me, it just. It feels like Kyle Larson has slid backwards. And, and, you know, I really we need Kyle to be running up front challenging for wins because he just makes it so much more exciting. Uh, You know, of course, we failed to talk about the domination of Harvick, Bush and Truex. And it's basically because. I think that's been... It's a given at this yeah, point. It's overstated. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, let's talk about other things. The fact that they've
2: won 11 out of the first 15 races this season is...
1: And two more of those are Boyer. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking For... of which, can we do... Can we do one of Cisco's favorite things about when I went on the internet? I, I laughed at blank. I laughed
2: at blank. You got about two
1: minutes, so you need to make it. I quit. only need thirty seconds. It was I, I. listened to NBC's version of Radioactive. I forgot what they call it, but um, Scanall, it, yeah, all from last week, and this great quote: <laughs> Clint Boyer gets the lead. It starts raining, and his quote, the first quote: Take your damn clothes off and start dancing. And to which Bugger responds to him and goes, do we need to take our clothes off to do that? And Clint said, well, it's always more fun to party naked. (laughs) All I can say is, can Clint Boyer win about six or eight more races this year? Because honestly, the quotes are just, Hilarious. I have nothing to follow that. This There's is, nothing you can't <laughs> follow <laughs> no, that with. This
2: is why. Unless you're John
1: Forrest.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> this is why no, we he, need more Clint Boyer. Who would it's toss moment, Clint Boyer a beer.
1: Yes, he would. In
2: two seconds
1: and not even feel <laughs> bad about did, it. They'd do, they do a Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> <laughs> beer Budweiser <Spun> beer <laughs> smash. The and the party would be on. Jake would throw the checkered flag. I take us on I'm here. throwing Clint Boyer's <laughs> checkered
2: flag before we get another hour to wind ourselves up with. Thanks to Bob Steele, Sue Mason, and all the folks at the Performance Motorsports Network that helped make this show possible. And hey, Randy didn't blow anything up tonight. I got to give him credit. We're for his taking first his solo solo rookie stripe off. Yeah, we'll rip off the yellow stripe, and next week we'll come back and he'll do it even better. For Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramouza, and all the rest of our crew, I'm Jacob Seelman, reminding you to keep it off the wall, folks. And if you're headed to a racetrack somewhere, well, you never know—you might just see one of us out there this weekend, folks. Good, good night. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to The Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this Program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.